Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult Series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Tom is a 54-year-old male in your practice, and he's here for his follow-up. He has hypertension, dyslipidemia, and prediabetes. Currently, he takes atorvastatin 40 a day and lisinopril hydrochlorothiazide. He states he exercises periodically. <laughs> I just can't seem to get in a pattern. Blood pressure today is 142 over 88. His recent labs show his triglycerides are elevated, his HDL is low, and his A1C is 6.2. On exam today, his weight's 210 pounds, and he has a BMI of 33. He tells you he really is trying to eat right, and that he and his wife have decreased their carbs and their saturated fat, and they've tried a number of other things, but they just can't seem to lose any weight. Tom mentions to you a friend of his who started doing intermittent fasting, and he wants to know, is this work, and is this just another fad? He thought, because of the way you've been counseling him, that skipping meals was a bad idea. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me this morning to talk about intermittent fasting is Dr. Susan Feeney, assistant professor and director of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Hello, Frank. Wow. You know, I must have, I bet on any given day, 30% of my patients oh, yeah. are Tom. Yes. So before we get too deep in the, in the details of the study, let's talk about what is intermittent fasting and what's the kind of theory behind it. So intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating really is limiting your intake during the day to a particular window. So it can be an 8-hour, a 10-hour, a 12-hour window. And that means that's when you eat. And then you fast at that other time. Not like, I don't eat very much. It really is fasting. And the science behind it, and there's been quite a bit of science that's been generated from animal models and from human studies, is that when you do restrict eating to a particular window, there does seem to be an improvement in cardiometabolic markers and, and reversal of some of those. So um, things like central obesity, hypertension, dyslipidemia, specifically triglycerides and improvement in HDL. Uh, better blood pressure, um, better A1Cs, that, that does seem to be a, a factor. And the, the science is that, that we have, we, we are, human beings live in a circadian rhythm. We, we know that our heart rates change over time during the day and our, our respiratory diameter changes during the day. And the same thing about that we have a circadian rhythm. And when we eat dysregulated, which let's face it, most Americans eat, in a dysregulated pattern, um, that that really interferes with your endocrine system and your autonomic nervous system. And that by regulating that, you actually can regulate these cardiometabolic markers. And it sort of makes sense. But didn't we tell our patients forever oh, yes. not to skip meals and eat lots of small meals? Well, if there's any nurses here, I've been a nurse for a very long time. 
what was our mantra? Small, frequent meals. As soon as you get up, you know, and in fact, when you look at the studies have looked at most people eat 15 hours or more every day. And I, I was under the belief, I was talking to endocrinologists that you don't want people to skip meals because then they go into a fight or flight and they start to um, sort of lay down fat more and you don't want people to be starving. You want them to eat frequently during the day. But what it appears to be is that actually having a window that is set when you, in, when you feed and you eat, and then you have a set amount of time that you fast, actually works better with your endocrine system. And that's where the evidence is really pushing now. Well, well yeah. um, I, I've been down that path as well. Yeah, um, and I mean, and I told I'm people- I'm older than you and I knew Florence Nightingale, <laughs> so I- So what's the so recent evidence on, on time-restricted eating? So most of the studies have been done on either animal models or healthy individuals mm -hmm. who um, have risk factors for metabolic syndrome. And to remind you what metabolic syndrome is, that there's usually three diagnostic, you have to have three out of the multiple to be diagnostic, but it's central obesity, um, hypertension, dyslipidemia, specifically high triglycerides, low HDL, um, and which gives a very, very dense LDL. Um, and insulin resistance. So that can be an increased fasting glucose or, or in that pre-diabetic pre range of the A1C or truly uh, diabetic. Mm -hmm. And this is a highly atherosclerotic condition. So um, this, this study that I kind of caught my eye was done by a group of scientists who've been really studying this. Uh, they've done several studies on this, but this was the first one they did on people with diagnosed metabolic syndrome. And, and it was a small N, it was only 19 people, but they looked at, um, they looked at these folks, most of them were on, already on medications, they were on a statin, they were on medication for their blood pressure. And they basically gave them a 12 week period of time and said, you're going to eat, and you're gonna pick the time that you do it, a 10 hour window for the next, per day for the next 12 weeks. They gave them a, an app that they could use on their phone to monitor this. And what they found was that out of the 19, because they had a couple of people fall out, these 19 people followed this regimen. They found it tolerable that 10 hours was not a, a too short a time to eat. And what they told them is, you can pick the time. So you wanna eat from noon to 10, you eat from noon to 10, but just make sure you have a 14 hour window of fasting. And what happened over that first couple of weeks is people started to regulate and they said, okay, I'm gonna eat from 11 to, to nine or, and it, and it started to set, they had a set time during the day. They also told them, don't change your diet, eat whatever you normally would eat, but just do it during this window. And they found that people started to self-regulate so that they would have a, a breakfast kind of meal, a lunch and a dinner, but that they actually, it was a smaller amount of food and they became very mindful about I'm not gonna eat during the, my fasting window, I'm gonna eat whatever I want during my eating window. And the results after 12 weeks was pretty significant that of this group, everyone had weight loss, everybody had a, weight, a, west, a waist circumference reduction, their blood pressures went down, they had improvement of their, of their lipids. And it was a 3% uh, of body, of body weight loss so over 12 weeks. So 3% in 12 weeks. Yeah. So for Tom at 210 pounds, that's, that's six, 
that six pounds in 12 weeks, half pound a week is perfect. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's, that's a pretty significant uh, measure. And what they, the only thing is that they, after 12 weeks, they, they followed back up with them um, at six months and 12 months, and about five people maintained the, the, weight, loss. the weight loss and the, the, the restricted eating. Because this isn't, this isn't just a, a weight loss plan. This is a, sort of a, a way to, to live your life. And um, there are now all these apps. There's a, a couple of apps that are, non, you know, that are free that you can actually monitor your, your fasting. And it was just a very exciting finding for me because what it says to your patients is you don't have to change your you know you don't have to change your diet just pick this window and people found it they were none of them had any bad side effects they they were able and they also during that fast they can have black coffee they can have water now some sometimes you'll tell people who are doing this will say well I still have a little cream in my coffee that you know I guess it depends on you know but for most people that's usually okay and they were actually drinking more water so I just found it to be a really exciting tool for the toolbox for like Tom. It's like, well, let's try this. You know, the, 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 the effects are going to be minimal, bad effects. And it gives you some um, control over what you eat and, and you can flex it up and down depending on you know, your lifestyle for that particular day. But it, the thing I think which is the most, most amazing is the, it is a mindfulness activity. It makes people like, okay. And, and full disclosure, my husband and I decided to try this. You did. Because we, uh, we came back from Christmas uh, a little bit uh, heavier than we had started off. And I lost almost four pounds. You lost four pounds? Uh, yes. In five weeks? Yes. And by, I sound like I, I, I get a promotion for doing this. But Give me something. Yeah. Um, but I found that I was, my capacity dropped. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to eat, you know, my, my ability to sit down and eat it, you know, a, a buffet went down and I was drinking more water mm -hmm. because, and, and, but the thing is, it's more mindful. I mean, how many of you have patients will say, I don't eat anything all day. And I, I, and I know I've had days like this. You're like, I don't, I really ate nothing what I would consider measurable all day. And then you come home and you do 2,000 calories, right, in the evening. But if you really are thinking about it, they probably have eaten something during that time. They've snacked. They've snacked. But it's not something that they're mindful about. And it's also like, you know, we're not telling you to eat two hours a day. We're mm -hmm. telling you to eat 10 hours and to be mindful about what you're eating and then truly fast over that time. And more evidence is coming out that a little bit of a ketotic state is actually helpful to the cardiometabolic markers. So I, I don't know. I found it very uh, I, exciting. I think it's what we know from all the obesity literature, mindfulness is the key. It's yes. not necessarily what you eat. It's being aware of your eating. So this makes perfect sense. Susan, this is a great topic. Thank you so much for bringing it up. Thank you. Great job. Practice pointer. Consider discussing strategies of limiting eating time to 10 hours a day with a 14-hour fast for those patients who could benefit from weight loss or decreased cardiometabolic risk. Join us next time when we talk about the role of alcohol intake on recurrent atrial fibrillation. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast, and see you next week.